guys ready for the word this morning? That was partial. Anybody else ready for the word? I love the word because the word jacks me up for, for good things every time I read it. So I'm excited to share it and I share it with excitement and enthusiasm as well because I know it'll change your life. It's so important. So if you haven't been formally welcomed, welcome to the Foundry. We love you guys already. We don't even know you, but literally, that's how we roll. We love you before we know you uh, because it's that grace place in your life where you feel like, ah, I finally found home where I can breathe and be myself. So that's good. You're here. So we're in the middle of this series called Fight, and actually this is Fight Round 2, okay? And this is important to understand because we, we did Round 1 when we first started our church, basically. Soon as we started our church down at the old facility at the end of High Street, we started there with getting an understanding of this full armor, okay? Because it's so important for us to understand that, yes, we have an adversary, we have one who wants to destroy our lives, absolutely, but we also have have a God that is with us, that will never leave us nor forsake us, who will always be by our side as his Holy Spirit resides within us. So, so important for us to remember. So with coming up to our, our new spot in life here uh, at the top of High Street now, we really felt like that God was challenging us to, to get folks ready. And it's crazy to think, and it's also been crazy to watch how much we've seen outside forces, remember, powers and principalities. We're not fighting against people, but we're fighting against the works of the enemy. We don't live in fear because we know that he is a defeated foe, that he is a lion with a like a lion, not really, but with this loud roar, but he has no teeth, he has no bite. And we knew as we moved up here that we would see more attack on our lives. We knew that we were drawing the target on our back. And we've watched it. I've watched it in my personal life. I've heard stories from all of you. So we were on point with praying through and thinking, this is where we need to go for this season. And I have been so encouraged because God has helped us once again to refocus on getting ready for this fight, okay? And it's so important for us that we have to wear the right things too, okay? Ladies, you may think about this a little more than us gentlemen do. If I find a shirt that looks pretty decent, I'll iron the bad boy and we're set. But that's not the case for my wife sometimes, all right? But you know, as we get ready for this fight, we have to put on the right stuff. And Derek helped us last week when he talked about that belt of truth, putting on the word of God before you put anything else on. Why? You need that because everything else attaches to it. We couldn't get into our fight gear until we had our belt on, okay? And I am the guy that has to wear a belt every single day or problems will happen, all right? So I put on my belt every day, but I was challenged, like I said to you earlier, to put on my other belt as well, the word of God, because the enemy will definitely want to distract you away from that so that you don't get what you need every single day. So today we're beginning to suit up, okay? We're, We're putting on what's called the breastplate of righteousness. Now let's talk about this as an article of clothing, if you will, but it's actually an article of fight gear. Why is this so important? Okay. This was one of the most important weapons, and we'll get to that later, that the Roman uh, soldier had at this time. Because remember, Paul was talking about this picture of a Roman soldier, so folks would understand this well. This was a heavy weapon, a very heavy weapon, and it was so important. It was the heaviest piece, they say, because it was something that was on the front and the back. And it would weigh about 40 pounds. Remember the story of David and Goliath? They thought Goliath was to weigh, was to weigh about 125 pounds 
five pounds. So imagine carrying that alone. It's an important piece of the armor that we have to put on as essential for us. It began at the soldier's neck and went all the way down to his knees. Two pieces of metal, like I said before, front and back, okay? And they were held together, and I love to get the visual here, with these brass rings, okay? And it was either made of a brass or a bronze material, usually brass, okay? And these larger sheets of brass were comprised of smaller sheets of brass. Are you, are you getting the picture of how complicated this thing would look, but also how, how much it would help protect a soldier, right? They were layered one on top of the other, and it was the most shiniest, and the most beautiful and most glamorous, okay? So you can imagine this Roman soldier stepping out, and it's like, shing, okay? You ever watch it like those toothpaste commercials when all of a sudden, ching, you know, on the tooth, it's like, how did you get it that shiny? It's got to be craft, okay? So, but this was the shiniest, the shiniest piece that he would possess, okay? And it was the first thing that people would notice because of the shine, because as he would fight and as he would as he would march and as this, show, this, this um, soldier would do his life, these pieces would rub together, which create a shininess underneath. So when they would walk up, you'd see shing, 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 shing kind of thing, all right? Anybody, I, I like to get in stories of the word like that and visualize it better and always add sound effects because it makes it so much more fun, okay? So this thing had beauty like none other. So how does this help us as followers of Christ in the daily fight that we have against the enemy? See, we have to think about this in a spiritual sense as well. And how does this help us? Well, this piece of armor, this piece that we would put on, was both offensive and defensive. Okay? Have you ever been, and this probably won't be too bad for you, but have you ever got in front of a super bright light? Is it kind of hard to see my face right now? I was hoping the light turned on. All right, it would have been that moment where you're like, your light's not on, brother. I know, it hasn't been on for years. Okay? <laughs> But is it hard to see someone's face when that bright light shines? You're like, can you please turn off your light? I, you know what? Can it go brighter? No, that's just my screen. Okay. It's bright. Now look, I'm even bright. Okay. This is, turn off your light, Justin. Yes. All right. This is an offensive weapon there, right? So that when the soldier would walk up, everyone's like, ah, can't see too bright kind of thing. But also a defensive weapon, one that would protect them from the shots of the enemy right? So we see that this is how it would help us in our lives is that it's not just offensive, but it's also defensive. It's not just defensive, but it's also offensive, which would guarantee victory, but also vitality, protecting our organs and taking care of our spiritual wellness. So what does this bring to our lives? What does this weapon do for us? Before we get into the what, and we're going to define that a little later, we have to see why we need this piece, why we need this piece. You know, you may be some of those folks out there. I'm not going to put her on the spot, but Ashley Campbell is one of those gals. Where are you at, Ashley? Is she even in here? She's up top. Good. Nobody can really see you. I'm like, where is your coat, girl? I don't need one. It's okay. You know, I'm like, it is cold outside. I'm like a layer guy. Anybody else like layers you love? First, I have the, the layers that people don't see. Okay, and that's called insulation. And then you have the outer layers as well, okay? But some folks don't think certain, certain articles of clothing are essential, okay, to your wellness and safety. If you live in Morgantown, grab a coat. Ashley, I got one on the way, all right? She's like, I hate you. But this is one of these essential things, and there's a why. Why do we need righteousness? Why do we need this breastplate in our lives? Remember, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. We need this so that we can take 
our stand. Our stand against who? The devil. We talked about this a lot, understanding that he is that adversary. And I gave you that understanding and that visual of my little guy, Aiden, as 12 years old, throwing the ball against the wall. Ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. Does, anybody, does this ring a bell for any of you dads, moms of boys? Da-doom, da-doom. Okay. This is what the enemy does in our lives. One who just keeps throwing the accusations against us, because that's also what he is, is he's an accuser. One who keeps telling us we're guilty. One who keeps throwing shame. That's what he does. Now, remember, in the context, he's a defeated foe. He is someone that is not that powerful over God, obviously. No one is more powerful, nothing. But it's that constant, before you know it, it breaks through. And what we have to do is understand we need righteousness because the enemy is out for you. See, God's challenging us to shine forth in our lives, to be those folks that shine brighter than other things in this world, that shine brighter than depression, because, hey, that's real, that shines brighter than insecurity, that's real, that shines brighter than hunger, that's real. All of these things are real, and he wants us to shine brighter and help people understand this. So important. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 is the context. But looking at number, number 17, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has become. Shining brighter with that truth that if you are in him, as we walk out these doors, we say that you can be a new creation. That the old can go away. And that things can become new. We go to the end of that. That God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness. Those that are right standing. Doesn't righteousness sound like a lofty Christianese kind of term sometimes? That I just don't get it. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to be in right standing. If you look at it standing beside God. And what does the enemy want to do? Displace your standing with God. So he keeps coming. He keeps throwing. He keeps accusing. He keeps doing what he has always done since the beginning. We've been set in right standing. First takeaway from that verse. But the second thing that I want to talk about before we get into the what it brings is this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. We read over this a lot. It comes through faith, belief in Jesus Christ. There is no difference for all who believe, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace. This theme today, this grace theme, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All it takes is for you to believe. This blows my mind still. That all I have to do is believe? All you have to do is believe and start walking in the right direction. So, what does righteousness bring to our lives? We see why we need it. Can you identify with that? I need righteousness. I need to be in right standing because I have an adversary that is always literally hell-bent on destroying my life. I need to be in right standing with God. I need to be beside him. I need to be with him because in him I am whole. I am complete. In him I shine forth. Does this make sense? 
This is why we need righteousness, not some lofty Christianese term, but being in right standing with the Lord. So what does it bring to our lives? First thing it brings is this, a term, holy confidence. Heard that first from Mark Batterson, a great writer. If you're looking for some good, uh, you know, really devotional type of writing that is steeped in scripture, but also a guy that has just lived real life from prayer to, to getting in a pit with a line on a snowy day. Anybody ever done that? That's really fun. Now, you do that stuff in Preston County. Any Preston County people? We get out in the woods, don't we? I love it. Man, I love Preston County, okay? But this guy is someone that, that has, um, you know, really helped bring the scripture to light in this way. But this term came out of one of those books, as I read through years ago, holy confidence, holy confidence. See, I, I feel that there is an outright attack on us as believers when it comes to the confidence that we have as a child of God. Amen. I do. I feel like there's an attack on our confidence because we, we forget whose kid we are. You know, and I watch that with my kiddos. I watch how they, when they, when they walk out in life, they walk out in, in confidence, not pride, because that'll come out quick if daddy sees pride, okay? What I mean, confidence, confidence in who their dad is and the family that they've created together with their mom and all this that's missing in the faith a lot, isn't it? A holy confidence in who Father God is and what he did through his son Jesus, the grace that we have received and the confidence that we can walk with. This confidence that we became more than conquerors when we gave our life to the Lord through Jesus. That we are able to walk in victory and triumph as God's Holy Spirit lives within us and helps us every single step of the way. Holy confidence. And it's so important. It's not holy pride. It's none of that. It's confidence in who your daddy is and who he says you are. Don't you see that as a deficit in Christendom, if you will, or in the church? We forget whose kids we are. And God wants you to walk in a holy confidence knowing that he's made you, created you, and will sustain you. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because I've struggled with confidence. I've struggled with this understanding of who your father is. I know who my father is, but I didn't know who my father was at points, this man that was in our home, but I didn't know what was going on. See what I mean by this? We can identify. Romans 8.1, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Confidence in what Jesus did. That I don't have to hear this word. I don't have to live condemned. I live redeemed. Because what happens is when we don't have holy confidence, we live in condemnation. But when we have holy confidence, we lived with a redeemed heart and life, knowing whose kid we are. And what we've come to this place to do. Why do you think? Doesn't it make sense why he would attack your holy confidence? Doesn't it make sense that he would say, don't even put on your belt. Because you don't even put on your coat. You don't need to put on your coat. You don't need to put on your breastplate. The breastplate even sounds weird. You don't even put on your righteousness. What are you, you holier? You know how this stuff happens? 
You have to put on your righteousness so that you can carry within you a holy confidence that comes through Christ. Confident that they are. Believers no longer pray to God with confidence because the enemy is confident that they are now prey. Think about it. And we even believe it for ourselves. All I am is prey. Why am I going to pray if all I am is pray? All I am is one who's going to be devoured. No, 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 you're not. Get it out of your mind. More than conquerors, you are one who has come to live life and life more abundantly. You should be confident when you pray that you're not prey of the enemy. Okay? Be confident in that. Also, like what Rick Renner says, no word of condemnation, no false allegation, and no guilty thought will penetrate your heart or lodge in your mind when you are walking in your breastplate of righteousness. If you are confident in who your daddy is, nobody can tell you who you're not. Think about it. If you know who you are, nobody can tell you any different. And that's not pride, that's confidence in your identity as a child of God. Nobody can tell you. It won't penetrate your mind or your life. Ephesians 6, 14, stand firm then. This is where we're able to stand up and who we are. Stand firm then, right? With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. When we have that in place and we have holy confidence, it's like a football player with gear on. That's fun to watch. They just <laughs> through anything. I'm still like, I got this gear on, but I'm going I'm to watch and analyze this situation a little bit more if I run up in there. But confidence, holy confidence, when you have this in place, you can run into battle and be victorious in it. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness. We might become, as we go out, we become the righteousness of him. So with this righteousness in place, there's a change that happens. And you notice this. I was talking to a friend today talking about exercise. You ever notice that in your life when you get that discipline of exercise, you're a little more confident? You're like, I feel better about myself. Man, I see change happening. Man, this is, this is great. I should maybe walk more. I should maybe eat less. I should maybe drink more water because I'm seeing results. And what happens? You develop a good attitude. When you have holy confidence in place, you develop a good attitude. I tell you what, this is something that I've really tried to do better with in my own life. I can be a half-empty person. Cup is half-empty. Look, I can see everything is about to go wrong. Watch, I'll, watch. And then it happens. I'm like, I told you. Half-empty. But I want to have a better attitude. Anybody want to have a better attitude? Seriously, do you really, have you been thinking about that lately in your heart? I want to have a better attitude. Especially, and this is my boy, you watch old Chipper. You watch Chip on Fixer Upper. And I'm like, this guy. <laughs> That's capital gains right there. I mean, this guy. I just, Joe comes in, I love, I, I, I'm trying to do this with care, Kara, but care, you know, I'm just chipping Joe, Justin, care, let's go for it, you know, why not? We're building a house, hallelujah, okay, no. But she comes in with the task, care does, and I'm like, I can tell you everything that's about to go down the pipes right now. I'll tell you every single thing that's wrong with that idea, I'll tell you how it will not work, and where it'll start, and how it'll fail versus, you know, change the attitude, walking in holy confidence, chip gains. All right, Joe. All right, kiddo. 
let's do it. I'm like, they edited out all the rest of the stuff. Are you still there? Make production. One and a half. We do. Good attitude. Because sometimes, with me, do you ever look at yourself? Now, I've got good battery, everything's fine. I'm going to have a good attitude. <laughs> Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Let's just, what did Jesus go through? Mm-hmm. Still had a good attitude. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. So my attitude should be that I'm nothing and I'm okay with that. Yes, that should be your attitude. Okay? Made himself nothing, taking the very nature of servant. Oh, I should serve. Yes, get a good attitude. Serve people. Uh, AV ministry, kids ministry, hospitality ministry. Paul, you knew about that? That that would happen? Paul was prophetic about the foundry. It's, it's in there. I'm kidding. Being made in human likeness. This idea that we need to have, you have to have as much as you can a good attitude. But if you've got a holy confidence, you won't have a problem having a good attitude. And people with good attitudes are attractive people. Isn't that true? Yeah. It's true. Nobody wants to be around Debbie Downer. Nobody likes party poopers. They call it, I'm a realist. No, you're a wet blanket. You quench the fire of God in the room kind of person. You know, you ever feel that? Those that aren't laughing, like, oh my gosh, I'm a wet blanket. <laughs> a moment of self-discovery brought to you by the Foundry Church. I mean, people are attracted to good attitudes. And it comes out of our righteousness, our right standing with our Father. Like my kids, I always want them to be able to come to me and be like, what did I do wrong, right, and different? And I want them to, to be able to come to me knowing that I'm not going to be like, you'll stand condemned out of my presence, you know, kind of thing. All right, baby, this is what happened. This is where you were, this is why, this, but that, look, we're going to get through this, okay? I'm going to walk with you. I know I'm dealing with like preteen stuff now. It's not a big deal yet. Parents are like, wait, they're teenagers. But if we start it now, hopefully it'll continue for the rest of their lives. But we need, to, we, need to have, we need to have that good attitude because people will be attracted to us. They'll be attracted to him. They'll be attracted to our righteousness, our right standing with him. Then they can have holy confidence. Then they can have a good attitude. And we perpetuate this thing called church growth, which happens on the inside by being like Jesus, by developing an attitude of righteousness in your life and learning how to view yourself through the work of the cross, you will receive a divine impartation of confidence and boldness that will always put you on the winning side of victory. That's true, isn't it? Even if stuff is tanking, you're still winning. Everything's falling apart. You're still winning. Why? Because you're in him. Holy confidence that I'm God's kid, and I'm going to keep a good attitude through this storm. To 
through this frustration, I watched the last few years of our lives almost losing a house to being able to sell the house to not knowing what we're going to do with the house here to being able to buy a house. All I had was my attitude because nothing was predictable and everything was scary. All I had was my attitude. Was I always good? No, I failed more than I succeeded, but I learned. We have to have that good attitude because then that, that impartation of holy confidence will happen. So the last thing we need is this, and it's very important, a clear mind. Clear mind. Clear your mind right now. <laughs> Do you like that? What a joke. <laughs> Has anybody in the last five your life ever had a clear mind? There's this thing called push notifications. It makes you want to push your phone over a bridge, but you can turn them off. There's a thing called email, and it you're like, oh, wow, I have to handle this now, of course, because it just popped up in my inbox. I have to take care of this. This is the most important thing. Somebody's bleeding out. Nope, email. So many things come into our mind, into our lives, and all it does is create basically like a highway in California at 5 p.m. And all you want to do is just have a clear path. And that's hard to come by, isn't it? When you have all these things that run through your life and through your mind, it's hard to have a clear mind. But when we have righteousness, when we're in the right place with Dad, Dad can speak to the things of our lives and clear the road. Clear our minds of all of the things that we think about so often. 1 Peter 3, 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. That's a fun one in society. Hey, when you see something on Facebook, practice self-control. I mean, seriously, it will, it will save you so much time. Be self-controlled. It'll help you clear your mind. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Thinking about that fullness of grace. As obedient children, be obedient, kiddos. Be obedient. Obedience is hard, isn't it? Obedience requires action or inaction towards something. Right? Obedience, very hard. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. For lack of knowledge, people perish. We have new knowledge now because of our faith. Don't live in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy. So be holy in all you do. Being set apart, being in right standing, that's holy is one of those terms that can be kind of lofty, okay? For it is written, be holy because I am holy. When we're with him, we'll act like him. And we have that confidence that comes with being his kids, right? That confidence and an understanding that we're his and that we can then have that clear mind because our attitude is right. God's desire is to purge our mind of the things that have entangled us in the past and gather up all the loose ends and tuck them under our belt under the word, under the truth, and standing in righteousness of who you will become in him. Your mental attitude has everything to do with this. Everything you perform in the midst of the fight. Your mental 
attitude has everything to do. If you make it up in your mind, it'll show in your attitude. Isn't it true? The mind is such a powerful thing. Our worship team is going to make their way up as we're concluding here this morning. A clear mind. Something that, uh, that God's just really dropped in my heart in the last probably few months as we've been in this big transition. But also just kind of surveying my life. You ever do that? You ever sit down with yourself and be like, hey, self, yes? If you talk to yourself like that, you may have problems like me and that's okay. But hey, trust us, we're the church together. <laughs> He's crazy. Yes, he is. But he stayed. <laughs> Sitting down with myself, I, I've... I've watched how the enemy likes to attack my life. And what I've watched, the beginning of what he does, is he likes to cause distraction. You ever notice that? Like right now, you're distracted by people walking on the stage. Literally, you're distracted, which is okay. You didn't do anything wrong, guys. You're supposed to come up here. Okay, it's fine. But isn't it funny how distractions happen? Man, you could be like in a moment of worship. Man, Lord, this is so good right now. I'm getting so much squirrel, you know. You could be reading the word of God. Trust me, it'll happen when you do that. You're reading the word of God. You're in a conversation about what God is doing in people's lives. And you know there's going to be an accident outside. You know it's so fun to watch when things just start falling apart in your house. When you're taking ground for God, it's just stuff starts falling apart. People throwing glass, you know, bottles through windows and stuff. It's fun. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. And what we do is we, we like start leaning into that distraction. Have you noticed that? And then what we do is we get deceived by it. Now, deception isn't just someone falling into some monumental sin thing. Because I've watched that in Christian leaders' lives in the last month of my people that I've known who were distracted and then deceived Breaking my heart, deception. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying deception as to what God is really trying to do in your life. Say he's challenging you to talk to more people about the good news message of Jesus. You'll know that as soon as you start to do that, you'll get distracted and then deceived by the distraction into the point that you don't really need that right now. That's not important right now. What's really important is that you answer that email. And then, so it, it goes from distraction Right? And then you're deceived by it, thinking, I need to give in to this. I need to build this up in my life right now. I need to give attention to this. Before you know it, you're absolutely derailed. And the thing is, you, you've seen this before with train wrecks. Anybody ever seen the aftermath of train wrecks? We live in cold country. You know what I'm talking about here. When a train goes off the tracks, everything in it is lost, basically, unless they can get it back. You know, you never know. Sometimes they can. Things are lost in the process. Finances and dreams, investments, whatever. Heart is lost in the process. The potential that it had is now laying beside the track that it was riding upon. And then it doesn't deliver. It doesn't come through. And it all started with a small distraction, didn't it? Something small. It's not much, is it? It really isn't. It does not take, and that's why a clear mind is so important in our lives. Because it does not take much for us to be derailed. 
It does not take much. Be honest with yourself to be deceived. It really doesn't. It doesn't take much to be distracted, especially in today's society. So, so what is God saying to you this morning that he wants you to focus on? What is that thing as you've become into this right standing place with him? What did dad whisper in your ear this morning? Did you feel anything along the way where it's like, man, as I've gotten close to God in this moment of worship today and also hearing from the word, from what Paul you know, was just inspired to write, I feel like this is the thing that God said to me, that dad said to me when I got close to him. This is the struggle that I'm having right now. Because that's going to be the focus of your distraction moving forward. That's where the enemy has drawn a target. And what he's going to do, until finally you break. Don't allow him to distract you from what God is saying. If God has put a word in your heart, a direction, a vision, a passion, as scary as it may be, and as bigger than you than it is, because it should be, do something every day that requires faith that will keep you in right standing even more. Do something every day that requires faith. I love that. Craig Rochelle said that, and it's just messed my life up. Whatever that is, guard it. Because that's your next step. That's why this righteousness is so important. Because it puts you right beside dad. And he tells you, hey, remember? Remember when Jesus died for you? Live up to that. Live up to that, meaning don't waste salvation. Hey, remember when, I, when, when Jesus said when he was here that I'm going to send you someone that will be with you forever? My, my spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that lives in you? Hey, 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 listen to him. What is he saying when you get close? Because when he says these things, the enemy will do the exact opposite in your life. He'll attack the exact opposite way of that. Hoping that you will be distracted, that you will be deceived, and that he can derail. Because he has plans for all of us. But it's up to us to first put on the belt and see what the word has to say for our lives. It's up to us to put on righteousness. You need it. Why? Because you get right beside and right standing with God where he can speak the truth, right? So that you can fight, continue, like Matt says a lot, from a position of victory. So important, from a position of victory. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Of God, but what God knows. Think about that. And we take captive, this is so important, we take captive every thought to make it even obedient to Christ. Take every thought captive. Philippians 1, 3-11, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God may be starting something great right now, or he may have started something great yesterday, or three years ago, or 40 years ago. Ray Crabtree, hero in the faith, you're still going for it. Decades later, 
has not, he retired as a pastor without moral failure, still loving his wife. Come on. Still in it. You're a hero. Gladys, if it wasn't for you, you know you couldn't be a hero. Let's be real. Same with me and Kara. That's what it's about. He will continue the good work. He may be retired from full-time ministry. Trust me, he is not done. There's so much that we have to get. There's so much I need that I need you for. The first person I called when we were planting a church, desiring to plant a church out this way, Mr. Crabtree, starts throwing up all kinds of, hey, well, you can connect with this person. You can do that. You can do this. You can do that. Continuing the work. God has put something in your heart. Focus on it. Don't get distracted. Okay? Don't be deceived by what the enemy's saying. Don't allow the enemy to derail you. Focus on it. Focus hard. Laser precision. And don't stop. Because there's a good work that won't be done until the day of completion. Okay? So if you could just close your eyes with me for just a moment. And the challenge today, two challenges. I always, and I will always do my best without fail, to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You know why now what you need to be saved from. Number one, yourself. But also this enemy that wants to devour your life. Because God created heaven for his angels and for us to be with him forever. It's not his desire that you go to hell, but it does exist. It's not his desire that he would ever send any of his kids, but God is just. Sometimes I let my kids fall down and scrape their knees because there's things they have to learn along the way. He's not going to push you into a decision. He's already proven who he is by sending his only son, Jesus, to die for all of us, you and myself included. So the first decision you make, based upon the facts, we say that scripture as a church, the first decision you make is, will I believe? Will I believe that Jesus personally died for me? And that I can be a follower of him and follow the things that he did and I can live like him on this earth. If that's your first decision and your desire, okay, because there's two decisions. If that's your desire and maybe for the first time you're, you're giving your heart to the Lord, saying, yes, control my life, I give it over to you. Or maybe it's, it's this time that you're, you're redoing that decision because you've had some things happen over the last few years or what have you. If that's something you want to do, what I like to do is just lock eyes for a second. Okay? You can close your eyes after I see you. But lock eyes for just a second until I see you. First time commitment or maybe rehashing that commitment. Okay? 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 believing. It's not going to be easy, but it'll be worth it and we'll walk with you. That's what we do. The second is this. You haven't been standing right beside him. 
you would probably say, I'm not really in a place of right standing. I don't see righteousness exhibited in my life. I want that. I want to position myself, because it's choice, closer to God. I want to every day pick up that word, but also pick up that breastplate of righteousness, that jacket, if you will, and put it on because of what it will do in and through me. If that's something you desire, just look at me for a moment. Okay, a lot of us. Okay, yep. All right, that's good. That's a good response. All right, a lot of us. I'm looking in the mirror right now, so don't feel bad. Okay, all right. So, let's first start by thanking God, and then we will worship from this point after I pray, okay? So God, we thank you, number one, that salvation is available, that you didn't close the door on us, that you still believed that we could be called righteous. So much so, God, that you sent Jesus to stand in place for the punishment of our sin, to stand in place for the punishment of what we did wrong. He took it from us, which is that idea and understanding of grace what we didn't deserve. We didn't deserve it, but he gave us grace, and we thank you for that, God. We thank you that your word is true, and that, God, it challenges us to the deepest parts of our being, and that today we want to stand beside you. We want to be seen as righteous. We want, as we walk into a room, people to see the shininess of our righteousness and say something is different about them. Something is different about them. And when they walk in the room, they just light up the room because you're standing with them. Lord, help us to be called and to be seen in this world as righteous. Lord, help us to be salt and light. Lord, that we will be a pleasing aroma in the nostrils of this world, that people can see you through us. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have to say thank you. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray.